yeah, so um, I got into NFTs by searching for a solution for the pandemic. Um, you know, after I lost my selfie museum uh, that me and my wife were creating. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, we um, spent close to six figures um, launching it and trying to hold it afloat during the pandemic. Where was um, where was the museum? Um, in Atlanta. In Atlanta. We had a 9,000 square foot uh, warehouse. It was going to be the first selfie museum in Atlanta. Wow. Yeah. And uh, COVID changed those plans. <laughs> Uh, you know, we, we were hearing things like uh, we only could have 15 people in the event space when we initially planned for 50 per hour. Yeah. Uh, and uh, not knowing when the pandemic was going to end and trying to hold it afloat, you know, while we're still paying the rent and, and uh, you know, the cost to build it out. Um, so it just, you know, COVID changed our, our whole <laughs> uh, idea of uh, opening that. And then uh, once that closed, um, you know, it was like the universe forced me to look into why all these small businesses were closing and what options they had as far as the pandemic relief. And after kind of hearing, uh, you know, all these various reports about PPP uh, not being given to small business owners and um, reports like 70% uh, of African-American businesses closing um, due to a lack of capital, I just, uh, it, my, my gut instinct was like, not enough is being done. Right. Um, I also was reading uh, reports about crypto surging. And, you know, out of curiosity, I'm like, you know, one hand, you you know, all these reports are about all these businesses floating from the lack of capital. And why is there a disconnect from all this crypto wealth that's being generated at the same time? Right. So I was already familiar with crypto, but I never, uh, you know, needed to, to learn the code. Um, so upon, you know, taking the, um, the, the interest of going down a crypto hole to create the solution, um, I taught myself blockchain code to create the solution because um, specifically um, with Black Lives Matter, um, which generated $5 billion in 2020, and another disconnect of why is all this money being donated to racial equality and at the same time all these african-american businesses are closing due to a lack of capital and you know i explored how to access that money which i still can't figure out to this day um you know you had to apply for a grant initially to get access to money that was already donated to a nonprofit. Um, so there was just a lot of mysteries, of, like uh, trying to figure out what was really going on out here. And um, when I went down the crypto rabbit hole and, you know, I found mentors like, um, uh, you know, the, I picked the brains of the, the, the people who um, I could find that could help me um, kind of navigate towards what the solution could be. And um, I started off with uh, initially launching a coin. And, you know, around this time or around, I would say May of last year, uh, you know, the crypto wasn't really being mass accepted. You know, the Doge coins and the Satan moons and the more commercial coins. Um, so after creating the coin and reaching out to all these uh, corporations who pledged to donate money, 
and reaching out to Black Lives Matter, I didn't get a response from my nonprofit. Uh, and, and, and to mention that uh, me and my wife created a blockchain nonprofit. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, to, to get the cryptocurrency to the recipients of the pandemic, um, small businesses specifically. Um, so once we created a nonprofit and created a coin, um, we reached out to all these, um, every corporation we can find that pledged to donate money um, just to get no response. <laughs> Um, and then uh, we reached out to Black Lives Matter three times just to get no response from our nonprofit. So, you know, it, it made me. What's like, the name uh, again? Because we're recording this and because it's going to yeah. end up on my Crypto Mom 2 talk show, go ahead and share the name of the nonprofit because those that are listening, you guys, um, I definitely want you to support. Um, so, what's the name of the nonprofit? How can they reach out? It's a BLK. L-U-V.org. Okay. And for those that might not know how a talk show works, that information will also be in the block below on the talk show area. So if you don't have paper and pen, don't worry, but go ahead and repeat it. I know I interrupted you as you were about to repeat it. <laughs> um, it's B-L-K-L-U-V.org. Okay, great. And the name behind, the, the meaning behind the name, I'm sorry, is, is we can redefine what B-L-K means on blockchain. So our definition of BLK is BLK black is love. And it simply means that, you know, the, the way that we've been going about um, trying to solve racism and ending hate has been all wrong because you can't, you know, we identify as you can't play the game of racism by talking about the subject matter from color because that just plays into it. You know, just examining um, the Black Lives, black Lives Matter movement and just, you know, people losing, you know, uh, the sense or going off topic of what the whole cause was about. Because as soon as you mention black, people mention white. You know, there is this color thing that you mentioned the color, then, then they use another color. So the only real root of it is that hate comes from a frequency of fear. And, you know, racism comes from a frequency of fear. And the only way to talk about the subject matter is to get to the root of it. And, you know, there's only two human, two human emotions, fear or love. So, you know, when thinking of the solution to the problem, you know, um, it started with creating a blockchain nonprofit that simply explained black is love. And, you know, we're addressing the issue of hate from a frequency of love, from a higher frequency. Um, you know, Trump initially taught us all that, you know, he ran a fear campaign and he taught us once you start ignoring the frequency of fear, he went away. You know, uh, that's a lesson that we all learned uh, from this campaign, um, just looking at it from a positive uh, <laughs> aspect. But with that said, is that that's, that's really the only solution. Um, so when we created uh, Love NFT <clears throat> and we created Love Coin um, and Rent Love, you know, it was important to infuse the word love into the projects because, um, you know, we as humans learn um, currency from a place of fear. We never learn what true currency is from a place of love. And, it, you know, my purpose specifically is to reteach us what currency truly is. And, um, you know, it's funny, even the way that NFTs are explained, the cryptocurrency 
is, is explained. Um, it has to be explained from a place of consciousness. Uh, blockchain is a higher state of consciousness. And, you know, money is initially essentially magic. And it's about the intent behind creating it. And that's what's not really being explained that uh, Nakamoto created the Web 3.0 from a place of helping others during the 2008 um, banking crisis as an alternative currency. But, you know, when you explain it and you don't mention the frequency of love or, or helping others, it doesn't really resonate with people. You know, where is this value coming from? Um, you know, not understanding that the value is coming from the collective consciousness of all the holders. Um, so, you know, it's a, it, I don't want to ramble on. No, I, what you're saying is so beautiful and I so agree with it. I mean, I, um, I'm blown away by your explanation of it because I, I definitely believe in, um, the law of give and take the law of support, you know, what comes around goes around. Um, I, I'm definitely understanding and agreeing with you. And also as you were talking, I, I realized I was so remiss as a talk show host because I didn't fully introduce you. And I know that we decided to, for those that are listening, we decided to record this because this is our initial conversation, but we were sharing some really important conversation and I wanted to get it on the record because sometimes your initial conversations are not the same when you repeat them. So I want you to fully introduce yourself and also what you created right now, because we've connected on LinkedIn and I am fully loving and supporting what you're doing. So go ahead and introduce yourself as well as what your current, one of your current businesses, because I know you have more than one. Yeah. Um, so my name is Haas Terry. Um, I created uh, Love NFT Marketplace launching uh, within the next two weeks, and I created the first uh, crypto Airbnb-like platform that will allow you to rent you know, homes, boats, uh, drivers, um, things to do with NFTs. Um, you know, so my whole goal is to take uh, NFTs to the next level outside of digital art. <laughs> And you know, it's super funny and so connected with what you were talking about. Uh, for everyone who's listening, I connected, you know, with with him on on my crypto side of LinkedIn. But on my other side of LinkedIn, I have Jay Cooper Travels because I'm a certified travel agent, and I didn't know anything at all about your crypto BNB. So there's a lot of overlap with what both what we're doing. So I totally yeah. support that. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited with, I also saw uh, one of your posts about how uh, restaurant owners can use NFTs for, um, you know, uh, where people sit and that type of thing. And your creativity with how commerce can um, use NFTs also um, is very much in line with what I I. I launching this week as well it's called the um the nft academy rolodex because i know that as people become more skilled in creating nfts there are uh, universities as well as businesses that are going to want to hire the nft creators and um so i've created the rolodex so individuals can list their services and I'm going to share out so that way they can also get hired. So um, I definitely am supporting what you're doing. So yeah, what, what's so, next for you? Um, so just on the topic of um, NFTs, it, it's funny that uh, you, you asked me about how I got to that point. But uh, 
I made a video earlier that I didn't post online, and it basically explained that um, you know people have been explaining why NFTs uh, all of a sudden surged during the pandemic. Um, you know, after they've been around since 2014, and you know, I, I heard all the, the various theories, but you know what what happened during the pandemic is the universe sat us all down, and it allowed us to take a break and create from a place of love because we finally had a chance to do what we wanted to do versus what we've been forced to do, you know, work a nine to five, 40 hours a week. And crypto surged during the pandemic specifically because it allowed us all to get back to a place of love and created from a place of love. And you notice that as soon as we all went back to work, the market dropped, you know, the tokens dropped, currency, you know, dropped. Um, and And once you understand that, you know, crypto's consciousness and our whole goal with love NFT is to create from a place of love. Because as an NFT consultant, what I teach people is that, you know, when people come to me and they ask, you know, my, my NFTs and I sell them, what can I do? And I always, you know, um, lead in with the question of, did you create from a place of love or did you create from a place of getting rich? Because, you know, a lot of NFT artists here see all these headlines about all this money being made and they think, well, I'm just going to create an NFT, get rich, you know, put it on the marketplace and, you know, that's it. And there's a lot of elements missing to that. Um, and if you create it from a place of, of greed, um, you know, uh, getting rich, those are all frequencies associated with Web 2.0. Yeah. And that's, that, that's not the purpose. You know, you have to create from a place of helping others which was the intent behind blockchain 3.0. So once we get to uh, learning what the created from intent, um, then we can have successful projects because the the biggest NFT projects like CryptoPunks and CryptoKitties generated more wealth for others than, you know, as well as for the original creators. So, you know, that goes back to the intent of helping others. Um, so people are trying to replicate those projects, but not, um, you know, having the or creating from an antenna of that. Yeah, no, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm shaking my head for those that are, we're not videotaping it right now. We're just, you know, doing the audio portion so people can't see that I'm in agreement, but I, I'm definitely in agreement with you. And also, NFTs, since they are um, a creation off of the blockchain, they are a product because they're a token, but they're unlike other products that are in the commerce market. So yeah, you do have to market your product, but like you said, um, the reason why the blockchain and cryptocurrency was created was for peer-to-peer support, community support. And um, so now that more people are involved, you have many different levels of energy that are also involved that um and you can see the change now happening with um countries going in trying to think about digital currencies you see the change with major institutions trying to get into the market because of quote unquote market because they want a cut of where they see their money that normally was in their uh brick and mortar business now moving up onto the online platforms and they are trying to figure out well, how can we stay engaged with that? But their their form of engagement, like you said, is more from the um, the monetary focus of 
traditional doing business, not yeah. from the um, sort of is like the 60s mindset of, yeah. you know, um, free love, understanding, how do we help each other, you know, that sort of community. Um, so I, I definitely agree. It, it's creating a whole nother layer that people kind of have to sift through. Yeah, so the, the best way I explain that is Web 2.0, the internet as we know it, was created from a place of profit, greed, and control. Web 3.0 was simply created from a place of helping others. So once you understand the difference, you understand how to navigate between the two. So if your purpose is, you know, greed and profit, then you need to remain on Web 2.0. <laughs> from a, a, a law of attraction, when you're on Web 3.0 and you're you're investing or you're you have the mind state of getting rich quick, you're going to attract the rug pulls. Yeah. Because you're in like minds. Yeah. You know what I mean. So until the the blockchain or Bitcoin specifically, the lesson in that was that you cannot manipulate or control Bitcoin with all the money in the world. Because you know seventy what is it eighty percent of eighty seven percent of the Bitcoin owners own the percentage of Bitcoins. So it's parallel to the banking system and, you know, the, the one percenters. Um, so it's a lesson to us that you can't manipulate or control the market. And that's why NFTs hasn't evolved from digital art because nobody essentially knows how to control it or, or manipulate it. So, you know, until we learn to, you know, create whatever we do from a, a place of love. And that's why, I created rent love is because the problems that, that that you are familiar with with Airbnb and rentals is that you know we call our community love tribe, and the love tribe is about you know we use instead of using reviews we use the amount of love points you had to kind of evaluate each other because we have to on Web 2.0 we idolize wealthy people but on Web 3.0 we're going to idolize people from their heart from, yeah you know much they give and you know we, we, we're going to reverse and, and we learn from the lessons of greed and profit from web 2.0 so we can't we can't follow those same protocols of web 2.0 um, and that's why tokens have devalued and plummeted because the intent behind it is about profit and greed and at the time when cryptocurrency could have helped you know a lot of us during the pandemic um, you know they weren't around to really provide aid for um, you know, for people affected by the pandemic, and as a result of that, the universe, you know, essentially devalued Bitcoin. Well, I think there's something else going on here too, um, and I know that the intent of cryptocurrency is to help individuals, um, you know, from the the economically who need help, and also who might want to be outside the traditional system. But like you said earlier, um, people who are fearful might not get involved with cryptocurrency because they're scared about it. So those that are not educated about the cryptocurrency world, because there are scammers, but those that are not educated, they might stay away even though it could have helped them. On the, yeah. on the flip side, you do have countries that... Um, are tired of traditions. So you have countries in Africa and South America 
who are trying to reach out, like El Salvador, to look at alternative ways to incorporate cryptocurrency to help their market. However, as much as I like those ideas, I think there has to be a hybrid, just like we learned this year. I'm also a teacher. So we learned that Zoom is great for kids because I had a lot of kids that just blossomed, but hybrid is also okay too because some kids work better in, in person. And I think that in a monetary system, we need a hybrid because not all individuals are going to have access to the internet to be able to, even if you have a phone, not they're not going to always be able to access their currency. Sometimes you're going to have to have an exchange, a hand-to-hand -hand exchange of dollars. Um, and so you have to figure out how do you, within the the country and the technology and you know whatever is in that community, how do you blend it? So everyone can rise economically, um, just like we're seeing with like solar panels being used um, in countries where it's hard to run electrical wires. So you just plop a solar panel and then you can create water and you can create electricity. So we need to be creative in the finance and the, the crypto area as well. So yeah. oh, I agree. I think that, you know, the, the way that it's being marketed towards these, these countries that are um, disenfranchised is that Bitcoin is the solution for them and it's not. Um, it can be used outside of the savings account, traditional, you know, um, kind of um, as an analogy. And with that said, um, the real solution to, to all of the, the things that we discussed is a trickle-up economy. And it has to, it has to happen from an outcoin. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, no, so, I agree. That we all rise together and we and we kind of um, ride that wave, you know, the, as Bitcoin in 2009 was a penny. Um, everybody who onboarded early is currently wealthy. Um, so that's our purpose of, of Lovecoin is that, you know, I, I delayed the releasing it on the market because I want everybody to understand what currency truly is. It's about intent. So essentially if a million of us, two million of us, say hold a coin with the purpose of ending hate that's what we'll do as a collective consciousness the you don't need a uh, nft or er erc 20 token to get rich it's about you living in the the, the the energy of being rich you know it's a state of mind and you know that's what happened with bitcoin owners is that everybody felt like they were wealthy Everybody felt like they had all this wealth. And the moment that the token um, started to plummet, that's why we um, kind of define uh, the, the value of currency by fear of missing out, fear yeah. of fear, <laughs> frequency of fear. And that's currency, you know. So we have to get back to inclusion as creators. Yeah. That man, anything man made given to you can be taken away. Yeah. But we, as we all collectively unify and unite to move humanity forward and say we want to end hate, that's what we will do. So, you know, I created all these solutions from a place of living in, in the mind state that it already happened, that I already created. I manifested it. I didn't worry about the, the money. I, I haven't received a donation to date. I, haven't I turned down 22 investors to date because I know the power of, uh, you know, of, of currency and infusing currency that is not uh, aligned with my purpose would 
shape my whole pro- all the projects that I created. So I understood that the universe would provide me with everything I needed, and I and I did that with faith because I I I lived from the end. I didn't live from well. How am I going to learn code in six months? How am I going to learn to build an NFT place? I'm you know where are my employees going to come from? You know if I if I had those worries, I would have never created what I created. Yeah, no, I, I totally, I totally, I'm totally in support of what you're doing. And I totally agree. I mean, everything that you're sharing and speaking about, I mean, both from where you see and where you're manifesting from and to and where you are, you know, that's also whenever someone starts a business or, or has a dream, you have to see the end and you have to go for that end, just like we're seeing with the Olympics. You know, they they saw that they had the potential for the gold and they work towards that. Now they understand that sometimes they might have a silver or a bronze, but they're still winners no matter what the the the, the reward is that um, they get at that point in time, because yeah. that point in time doesn't define them, but they are, they know that they're, endpoint they have a they have to be alone sometimes in their training because there's no one else there that will motivate them they've got to do it so um i i'm totally in support of what you're doing and i um i'm here to help you in any way um so for all those that are listening definitely reach back out and um because again this is important for our entire community to to stand together and to be together to to raise each other up so um, I know we're going to have more conversations, but because we've been talking for a while, why don't you repeat again how people can contact you so that way they can uh, reach out to you? Uh, yeah, so my email is haas5d at pm.me. So it's like private message.me. And my, once again, it's haas5d at pm.me. And um, I'm currently... Uh, you know, we uh, ran on, but I'm currently consulting two uh, movie projects, and um, I'm consulting uh, uh, athletes, uh, musicians, uh, such as Lucy Collins, and um, some other up-and-coming projects um, that, that are going to launch on our NFT marketplace. So, you know, I'm, I'm open to advise and help, uh, you know, NFT sellers and creators and, and brands on board as well, because there's a shortage of people that really know it and I had to learn it from a deaf side to understand how to um, explain it in a layman's terms and that's what's lacking in our community is that um, you know you have your dad but then there's a lack of digital marketing or what I call NFT marketing um, to grow the community yeah for sure um so everyone, I know that uh, if you're listening, definitely check the uh, the block below and you'll be able to have all the contact information and stay tuned. Definitely like and subscribe because there'll be more conversations coming. Hi, everyone. This is Jackie Cooper with Jay Cooper Travels. And I'm enjoying Richmond Punch, Violence Extraordinaire. Today, I want to talk to you about Richmond. He is from Juilliard. He's from Yale. He has performed around the country and internationally. Definitely, you need to add him to your list. So that way you can hire him for your concerts, your corporate gatherings, your galas, your musicals, weddings, special events. He can do studio violin and multi-instrumental. 
Richmond is able to do it all. You can reach Richmond at richmondpunch.net or you can email him at richmondpunch at yahoo.com. Hashtag Leaps and Bounds Tour. Hashtag The Punch TKO's Band. Reach out to Richmond. He's on LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media. Support the arts. Remember Richmond. Phenomenal artist. He can play any type of music. And this is Jackie Cooper with J. Cooper Travels. Enjoy. Again, Richmond Punch, violinist extraordinaire.